0: How's it everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Words, Wordsword Speak with me, your host Christian Maidman. This episode is proudly brought to you by Durban Poison Beer. For those of you that don't really know the beer, I know some refer to it as uh, South Africa's first marijuana beer. But in fact, all the beer is is they don't they don't have any THC, they don't have no CBD. All they do is they replace a portion of the hops with hemp, and it tastes absolutely fantastic. We have one on every single one of our episodes, and honestly, it makes the episodes feel that much better. Uh, For today's episode, we have on a stuntman by the name of DeVille. Yes, just like De DeVille. I thought that was funny. Um, I remember when Mark first told me, yeah, we're having a stuntman on. I was thinking to myself, okay, well, definitely the first question I'm going to ask him is like, so it was like Hot Rod, Your Inspiration, or Evil Knievel. But I watched a video of him leading up to the episode uh, before shooting with him. And he's honestly like the modern Bruce Lee. Like he does those backflips where you turn through sideways and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's been on really major sets like that of Maze Runner. And he's just got a lot of really cool stories, a lot of insight into the industry. And it was a really surprisingly pleasant Episode, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy it too. So, cheers for now, and see you guys soon. Cool. Yeah, we do that to match the, the sound in yeah. the video. Did yeah. they do that? Did they do that in a... Well, it's an
1: improv clap, right? Clapper. That syncs up the audio
0: in the video. Yeah. yeah, did they do that on set as well? Yeah, just with a, a proper clapper. Is clap. that what that thing is for?
1: Yeah, it's called a clapper.
0: <laughs> and so that's to sync up the audio to the rest of the... Yes. Okay. Slap. I said all that time I thought it was... Uh... Just like one of Hollywood's classic things to do. But talking about um GoPro sounds like and whether or not they've patented that irritating. Deet, 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 deet. I heard Harley Davidson's their sound has been patented.
1: That makes sense. Because the Harley sound is an unmistakable thing. Yeah. It's part of their legacy, is that rumble. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a like a sports bike, not at
0: all. Yeah, but I wonder I wonder what it is though. Like wonder if they've patented like a certain part that goes into the engine that allows for that sound to be made. I'm be- sure something like that. Because how do you... How do you sit up in court and be like, no, this... Sounds very similar to my... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking, it's like, it's like not a paper. It's very difficult to see.
1: Uh, well, I guess if you're going in the direction of patenting sounds and stuff, then look at uh, songs. Wasn't there a bit of trouble a little while ago with... Um, trying to remember his name um american uh, artist who had a who had a song
0: um oh uh, yeah it was pretty similar to oh, an sam, old classic sam smith uh he was one of them um M- mark can we look into this quickly mm. uh, say uh sam smith Copy song. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, ah, Tom Petty.
0: Check this. Ah. Was this the one you're talking no, about? No, this <laughs> wasn't
1: the one I was talking about. Um, because my memory is failing me, and I can't remember the actual name of the artist who was in question. But he's a well-known guy, man. Such a well-known guy. He had a he did a did a track with Robin Thicke. Name. He was also one of the judges in so, on one of those. Was he not
0: that blurred line song? Um,
1: Robin that's Robin Thicke. But yeah. It, but it was. It wasn't that song. But it was around about that time. Okay. That that song came out. And okay. it And it had a very similar um, feel and and melody to to an old classic song that they said he ripped off.
0: Kidding. Well, let's let's check this one here. <laughs> Hey Sam, <laughs> fuck off, Tom. <laughs> so, uh, for those listening to the audio version, we're looking at the, um, how Sam Smith copied Tom Petty's. Uh, what song? What song was it? Uh, oh, I won't back, uh, oh, yeah. back down. Yeah, with me. Um, I back down. I think they do a thing further down. Complete, complete accent. Uh, ch- check out on YouTube. Because I wonder if sometimes it's just. Uh, like the guys do it subconsciously. So they think they've made up the speech. Like they've never heard of it before. It's got a bit of a ring to it. Yeah. And they go and they write a song to it.
1: Well, I think the majority of things that you come up with are just an amalgamation of things that you've heard before. Yeah. In your life yes, at that's, some point. That's, that's true. So if something sticks and then you build on that framework, like they were saying in that article, if it's coincidence, you can't.
0: So if, they, if we've got YouTube videos on top of our youtube video then they will remove us <laughs> yeah. yeah uh that sucks okay well they're super similar
1: but complete coincidence because uh, so if it's a complete coincidence then
0: yeah i see it uh can you type in the blurred lines guy i would like to see what song it compared compared to uh, um, no no it no, no. Um,
1: it's robin thick but it was it wasn't him it was was the african-american guy that he no it's pre- not no. it's ah man he's such a successful producer as well he was what a I? judge no he's a judge on one of the singing shows I don't watch those black shows. man I judge any. um <sighs> oh why is it completely escaping me right now he wears a he wears a fedora often I don't associate with people who
0: wear <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Uh, um, like, what was his name? But what's it got to do with the Sam Thick? That I mean, as a thick Robin Thick guy. Robin yeah. Um, they
1: did a song together. That's why I thought about Robin Thick, and it was. Seal? No. No. <laughs> Mark, we need your intelligence here, please. That's one thing I've So so vague, you know, when you can. Bring the person's
0: face to mine, which uh, I know their yeah. name. Uh, say uh, Robin Thicke, whatever his name is. What's it called when you write, I mean, when you uh, sing a song alongside someone else? It's a duet, but I think in this case,
1: or they just say feature. Yeah. Feature.
2: Uh, it's
1: not I... Uh, uh, I think maybe it was an X-Factor judge that he was...
2: Oh, no yeah, oh. no no the
0: voice the voice uh, that was Seal though wasn't it
1: Uh was it if it was Seal then um John, John Legend. Legend no it wasn't John Legend dang it nope
0: mm. um can you tap in this instead songs happy. Ac- his song the song that for he Al. loved
1: yes Pharrell uh, so Pharrell for, for I think it is I think it might even be that happy happy uh Or we could just look for Pharrell uh, copyright. Happy copyright, yeah. Uh, Oh, copyright claim. Oh, there you go. Pharrell Williams and Robin
0: Thicke vs Marvin Gaye.
1: Yes, that's a Marvin Gaye song. (laughs) There we go. Uh, There we go. Oh, wow. There we go. Yes. Okay, Okay. so...
0: There we go. Pharrell Williams and Robin Thick to pay Whoa. $7.4 million to Marvin Gaye's family over Blurred Lines. Wow, so yeah. What it's, song was it though? They it, it, it Blue was lines. It's Blur Lines. No, a verse. Was, like what was the Marvin Gaye oh, song? Uh, Copy their father need to create blurred lines. She's like that seems quite dramatic.
1: Okay.
0: Uh Wow, okay. Yeah, this is just around the claims. The gay family finally feel free and liberated that they've been paid uh, off. Got to give it up outright.
1: What? Yeah, copied the R&B legend's hit, got to give it up outright. Yeah. Sucks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the one that, that, that I know of.
0: Okay, cool. So Outright. if I need to look at someone to blame for blurred lines... I need to blame Marvin Gaye for it really. Yeah, or, or th- yeah. Do you wanna blame him or do you wanna yeah. thank him? No, I don't wanna thank him. You don't that. wanna
1: thank him not even for the Emily Radakowski version?
0: I haven't seen that revision for version, version Fitchikowski's version. You know you know a girl's good looking if you can pronounce a name like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not bring that up, well so.
1: that music video, yes let's not bring it up, but yeah. that did launch her film career. She oh, okay. Was, uh, she got got some proper movie roles. The most notable, I think, was in Entourage. After her, okay, lack after of, her fame. Entourage, the movie or the yeah, series? The movie.
0: Okay. the like, well, one thing I want to tell you up, up front is, Mark said to me, "Yeah, I'm thinking of getting a stuntman on," and I was like, "Okay, cool." And I was immediately. I really knew what the first question was going to be. It was going to be, so was Hot Rod your inspiration. But, but, then I watched your highlight reel, and I think Bruce Lee was your <laughs> inspiration, because that that's, is worlds apart.
1: That's spot on, man. I think it's a combination of both. Okay. I think it's, uh, the bravery I it's, of it's, it, it's definitely Hot Rod. I, I grew up with, uh, bravery or stupidity? <laughs> or a little above. Yeah, um, right on the line. Right on yeah. the line, yeah. Um, I grew up with, um, Bruce Lee, as an inspiration. Okay. And, um, watched all the old bruce lee movies and the hong kong classics when i was growing up Um, the drunken fists jackie chan's movies jet lee's movies yes uh, and never stopped so still to this day i i have a a huge love for hong kong action cinema and these days it's kind of donnie yen leading the charge on that one yeah um but uh,
0: jackie chan or bruce lee oh and for you nowadays looking back nowadays
1: because Bruce Lee's his life philosophy encompasses more than just yes. than just kicking ass and um and doing doing cool film stuff yeah. it's it's a lifestyle and a philosophy that it's all encompassing jeet kundo can be applied to life in general
0: jeet kundo is that a jeet specific jeet is the
1: martial art that Bruce Lee created based on wing chun which was what he was taught and then he okay. came to to the states and he developed his own system um, Jeet Kune Do, loosely translated, means the way of the intercepting fist. And uh, the philosophy behind Jeet Kune Do is to take from everywhere, take inspiration, take techniques from everywhere, and then build on it and take what works for you and re- let go of the rest. And it's a pretty cool s- philosophy to apply in life as well. Yeah, We get such a wide range of experiences and inputs in life. Um, and take what's useful for you and build on it. And what isn't, just let it go.
0: Yeah. So is that between your karate and your kung fu, which are like two of the most popular ones, could you compare to either of those two at all? Because you're saying it's but the art between the intercepting fists. What does that the, mean? The way of the intercepting fists, the way of the that, intercepting that's fist?
1: loosely translated. That's what Jeet Kune Do means. Oh, okay. Which is what Bruce Lee created. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't really know if I'm qualified to speak to exactly what that means. No, this is great. Give your opinion uh, on this one. But uh, yeah, jiu-jitsu seems to me to be um, more adaptable in nature than karate. Karate, um, I don't, I'm not a, a karate practitioner, so. Yes. I, I don't have full scoop on it, yeah. but it does seem like a more rigid style, whereas Kung Fu is a more adaptable flowing style. Bruce okay. Lee talks about being like water yes. and water being able to flow around obstacles or harden into ice and, and, and become solid. Yeah. Um, and he talks about bending in the wind like a palm tree so you don't snap. Um, I don't find those same philosophies in karate and karate yes. practitioners or karate teachings. So it's a little bit more, for me personally at least, that it speaks to a philosophy that goes beyond just martial arts. Or some people say, um, and I have to agree in in a sense, that martial arts is life um, because of the approach being outside of the scope of just fighting and self-defense. And and more about how you react and um, and how you choose to uh, approach a situation. Yeah, which sometimes could be to um, to deflect and defend and uh, and move away, and other times it could be to engage and um, and to strike and to destroy. Yes, uh, what is the situation call for?
0: Yeah, my I mean, my experience on that is I do a bit of MMA, okay. and the thing, I, the reason I like doing actual fights is because of like the, the stress that like the mental stress that goes on leading up to it, mm-hmm. and. Not only that, but when you're on the floor and getting beaten down, you're forced to focus and think about your think about your surroundings in a situation where your body's screaming at you to react out of um, out of sure nature, if you wanna call it the instinct. There we go, it's a better word for it. And that's what I love about it, because you can apply that then to your life where you stress in a business situation. And you actually force yourself to calm down and reexamine the threats and the best way to get out of it. And going back to that form of martial arts and how Bruce Lee was such a big influence for you, was that was that something that you could actually compete in as a child? How'd you even get into knowing Bruce Lee? Because it's kind of Bruce Lee was one generation above you, if I'm not mistaken. So
1: yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm not trying to... Yeah, maybe a little bit of a separation, but yeah. Um, I guess my dad would be the one who influenced me to...
0: Starting with the films?
1: Uh, Yeah, starting with the movies and and also just um, like some basic self-defense stuff. Like you would hang an old uh, army um, duffel bag filled with old rags and stuff in the garage. And that was like my punching bag.
0: So you never did any form of martial arts as a child? As a child,
1: no, I did some wrestling. Okay. I did a bit of gymnastics um, for about two years. Were you
0: ADHD um, as a kid?
1: No, 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 I didn't really have any ADHD. Okay. Um, our, our folks just wanted to give us a wide range of experiences when it came to extracurricular activities yeah. and, uh, and sports. I never really took to rugby and cricket, the traditional sports. I tried. Uh, I played baliki rugby for a while. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. Um, I, I, I liked the idea of, um, of gymnastics and the freedom that came with it. Uh, in terms of using your body to accomplish anything. And it's just your body. There's there's no other equipment, which still to this day with, with fight stuff, with parkour and free running, the disciplines that I tend to gravitate towards have a certain purity about them because they don't rely on equipment. Yes. Your body is the equipment. Um, so hence you have no um, reason not to be able to practice it wherever you are. Yeah. Uh, so th- yeah, for me... Um, I'd say definitely my dad influenced me and then the friends that I had from school growing up as well also just gravitated towards and enjoyed um, Bruce Lee and martial arts and yeah that kind of thing. We were rough and tumble kids. I grew up in a, actually a pretty Afrikaans neighborhood in Pretoria North yeah. and um, I had some friends at school that came from like completely different culture. Um, I had a black friend who was super into martial arts and completely different culture than what I grew up with. And that was our like meeting point it was like our, our both of us had this love for martial arts and, and that was where the friendship started.
0: What form of martial arts were you talking about at that capoeira right? at that stage.
1: My okay. first martial art, I don't know if you can really call wrestling martial arts, but, uh, it, it did give me a, a bit of a foundation and an understanding for manipulating another human body and understanding the, a little bit about um, the nature of grappling. Yes. Um, but what, what I actually really loved was capoeira. And I did that for a long time.
0: you got to explain capoeira to me. So
1: uh, Tekken. You know Tekken? Yes. Eddie yes. Gordo.
0: Which, which one's that? Just describe the... Uh,
1: he, he's the guy that looks like he's dancing. Eddie? Okay. Eddie Gordo. I don't know how he's talking. Yeah, there it is. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And then the later games it was Christy Christy Montero who's like his protege. No, I remember I remember the
0: green and the yellow. Yeah.
1: That, yeah. So uh that guy's uh, Capoeira Mestre, which is a master. And um it's it's an Afro-Brazilian martial art that's uh that's a combat martial art disguised as a dance. It's infused with musical elements, acrobatic elements. Yeah, so different.
0: a lot of see a, a, a thing uh,
1: like this. C A, P O, E I R A, Capoeira. And it's well, all done that to that the beat ticking, of eh? uh, It's all done to the beat of music. Um, and uh, an implied strike is more valuable and more respected than an actual strike that lands. Because the aim of this thing isn't to just go in there and knock someone out. It's to play a game of human chess, it's to um, attack and defend, attack and defend, and there's a flow to it. and then spicing it up with these cool acrobatic movements, which you wouldn't normally use in a fight, but Gee, but it's rad. It's amazing. Um, and this is what taught me rhythm. As a white boy. It um, doesn't come that naturally at least not to all of us, it didn't come that naturally to me. But capoeira, because it's based on music, a quick upbeat song means this kind of uh, yeah. high octane, jumping, flipping kind so, of... I see One of them try hit each other. <laughs> you so, see, for that, you'd have to look at, at a combat capoeira yeah. because as I described, it's meant to be it's meant to be, uh, it's meant to be human chess game where you try to outmaneuver each other yeah
0: because you can see they're not trying to force no
1: because it would be very short if you get connected with one of those kicks there's so much momentum that you generate in in those movements that uh uh, if you get kicked you're gonna feel it like way more than just a, a punch or you know or a straight kick because there's just so much power loaded into
0: it so if like if you're in a club and some capoeira capoeira music started going on, everyone around you would be into <laughs> trouble. Eh? <laughs> well, we used to so, actually do shows in
1: clubs back in the day. You're kidding um, in Johannesburg in Pretoria. Yeah, they used to have like a Brazilian party theme, and then they'd hire us uh, to do capoeira
0: shows. Yeah. And were there so were there gyms in Pretoria offering this, or did you guys? Yes. So actually, found out about it from a movie. Uh, called Only the
1: Strong when I was I think I was like 17 or 18 when I saw the movie and I went that's what I want to do Um, come on and uh, (laughs) yeah there it is Mark Cascos, who's a a martial arts actor that's actually now you know having quite a comeback in his career he's the he's the bad guy in my favor okay he's also the bad guy on John Wick 3 on the new John Wick Uh, yeah He's he's bald Oh, yeah. he's, he's also in Wu Assassins, if I'm not mistaken. Come on, um, but yeah, he's he's got he's some real really deal. really rad underrated movies. Um, he was also in the original Double Dragon. Which oh. is, yeah, which is which is one of my favorite like old school throwback movies. Come on. Um, but yeah, this guy did a phenomenal job in Only the Strong, and I, and I just love every everything about the movie it's acrobatics which i've been doing since yeah. i was a kid but like backyard acrobatics my dad would teach me how to run up a wall and do a backflip and and i'd stack my mattresses outside and i would like jump and do backflips off of like bodyboards and things onto mattresses jump off the roof so i, I did parkour before i knew what it was yeah and, and just like action acrobatics i guess like backyard style uh, yeah. i never really knew how to plug it in or how it had any relevance going forward, except that I liked it. Yeah. And then when I saw Only the Strong, I was like, "Holy crap! This is uh, everything combined that I want to do." And uh, Googled after I watched the movie and found a Capoeira class at a Virgin Active in Hatfield Square in Pretoria back in the day, and I just started going.
0: I mean, how did that even work? Because like Virgin's all about almost cardio or anything else so like how would you learn the technique in these classes
1: um that might be virgin now back then virgin's studios were very underutilized i mean this was wow when was this 2010 yeah maybe earlier okay 20 yeah 2009 2008 Earlier than 2010, actually. Awesome. <laughs> that was a long, <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, Virgin Active, it would be after all of their classes was evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just used the, the dance studio, basically. We just used the wood floor to train. Um, so then we'd be there in the evenings until like 9.30 or so. But there were no other classes. So it was a private um, thing where the instructors just rented the space. And it wasn't yes. a Virgin Active initiative at all. They didn't even know what it was. Yeah, they were just, I guess, happy to get paid for the space. Yes, um, and it grew from there. And there are a couple of clubs actually in Cape Town, um, but I just, I just don't really have the time these days to pursue it, you know, um, the way that I had back then. And you know, tastes change, and different skills become relevant. Like now in the film industry, um, jujitsu is very popular. Um,
0: yeah, I've actually noticed that in a lot of movies. It's
1: very popular. So, if you're a stunt performer, if you're a, a screen fighter and you don't have jujitsu in your toolkit, you're behind on the game. So, you have to also look at what's necessary for you to do your job and yeah. then upskill as required.
0: Because right? I mean, Jiu-Jitsu has just like exploded within the last, I mean, the last 20 years, mm. not even the last. Well, 10 years can, it's can, gone on the map
1: there, and I think it has a lot to do with UFC as well Yeah, 100% um, guys coming in and realizing holy shit I need ground game if I'm gonna compete
0: yes. properly I mean and also like one of the defining moments of that is I don't know if you watched many of the early UFC fights not so many of the early ones but you got uh, Renzo Gracie versus uh, uh, Shamrock yeah Ken Ken Shamrock no. can you just double check if it was Renzo Gracie for me Or well, it could be always
1: Ah yeah. He he came in and caused quite a stir, man.
0: So taking, taking down some some contenders with yeah. his ground game. So it's, for those that don't know, what UFC kind of started out as is guys from different martial art backgrounds came together to basically see which martial art form was superior. the superior one. And so you'd get like your club brawlers versus the Jits guys versus your judo guys versus your kickboxing guys mm-hmm. and your boxing guys. And Jits just outperformed everyone. Yeah. I mean, I don't, nowadays I'm starting to see wrestling a lot more dominant than anything else. I mean, you look at uh, Khabib, you look at Usman. A lot of the mm. the major title defenders and title uh, yeah. holders at the moment all have a base of wrestling.
1: Very, very strong base. And Khabib especially as a... If-
0: he's terrifying yeah once he
1: locks someone up it's it's game over he just dominates <laughs> and controls <laughs> and it's and
0: it's over uh, we can't watch any of that gracie fight can we uh, okay Well, those that uh do you um, want to watch the fight Renzo gracie versus frank shamrock
2: I can show you sort of.
0: okay and the fight lost the, oh this oh, is this is enough oh oh no did
2: he come in like full gi and everything
0: uh yes so this is uh shamrock 2. Uh, now i think i'm i think i've got the wrong gracie I think it's
2: uh
0: just just take away renzo um, yeah uh, it's white yes there <sighs> you're right oh, well, the yeah so so check out uh bro there's not really any highlights so what it's renzo so gracie weird. does is he just takes down Shamrock who was at least 30 kilos heavier than him and holds him down for 30 minutes until <laughs> dude, dude. Shamrock's so tired. Yo, he's got him Look, that's locked it. down. He holds him like that for 30 minutes. So when did how did you get into the whole jit scene when you realized you needed it?
1: Uh, no, not really. It actually bit me hard and I just loved it. I still do. Um, I got into it via Grant Powell who's uh, like probably the premier fight choreographer in Country, Okay. And i um, been fortunate enough to work and train with him a lot over the years and he's uh, constantly evolving. Um, he was one of the first guys in the, probably the first guy in the actual stunt scene here to really push hard into uh, Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. And um, he's been incorporating it ever since into his fights. And from time to time, we'd have just training days and, and workshops and stuff. Actually, tomorrow I'm going to another training day. And uh, a lot of the emphasis is on Jiu and then combining that in with other elements like Judo and um, uh, knife fights, uh, the Piper knife system, which is like, a that's yeah. developed knife system. Is it Piper? I think so. What's,
0: what's knife system?
1: piper is the piper knife system i think if you want to do a checkup for us there i think it's a it's a local piper knife system knife fighting system you said this was Uh, developed
0: in the cape flats uh if i'm thinking of the right one and what exactly is it that you're talking about um it's
1: this is one of the things that grant Powell has done um, but i don't know if this is the one that he's been training with a guy from from the Flats who's developed his knife fighting system. Check their school of arms media, what is the Piper system? Yes, originated in South Africa. That's it. That's it. It's um, there it is. It's a method developed from the knife methods and tricks employed by gang members inside the prison system of South Africa. Sure. So yeah. if we dropped
0: you in like Polesmoor, well, you'd be fine. Oh, I'm not a <laughs> pro at this at all. Oh, no. no,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> That's Grandpa, Powell. Um, and he's been training and studying okay. this for a long time. But I mean, if you think about how the movies depict a knife attack and how a knife attack really happens, if you speak to somebody who's been through one,
0: yeah. it is not
1: at all like what you see on the movies. It's not these like big overhead, like horror movie stabs it's oftentimes the knife is hidden until the last second and it's very quick, rapid strikes for, for your vulnerable areas. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not at all like you can do any fancy, like kung fu, deflecting the knife, catch it in your hand, kick it out of his, that's all movie BS.
0: Okay. Um, so Because so you're gonna, we're going to look at your hala reel at some point. Oh, you'll but, see a lot of movie but BS in there. The one where you're on the... Uh, <laughs> On the top of the building. Uh, and you're going against that guy. Like, uh, that's actually Grant. That I'm
1: just speaking about now, yeah. Well, you beat him, so we'll it. Did
0: I though? You guys both kind of... We got
1: up and we got ready to circle around
0: for more. There. One in the <laughs> middle. That one. Uh, we can... We won't get... No, this trouble is, with YouTube for this, right?
1: No, you shouldn't, because we also didn't monetize it or anything like that. It's just our. This was Great. actually our first attempt at uh, creating
0: a really cool action okay. piece. Sorry, and just YouTube, we've got permission from the video uploader. Yes,
1: up. so permission granted. So we actually took a a CGI concept um, from Resident Evil, from one of the games. Yes. where there's like this crazy ridiculous gunfight where nobody can shoot each other in close proximity yeah um and we decided to recreate it and grant and myself and um ibrahim was camera guy did some beautiful work yeah, here amazing. Um, we just got together and uh, rehearsed it and put it on its feet and shot it. here we, we go yeah yeah so yeah, those nice strikes are not really what i would if
0: okay. I was actually trying to stab yeah, okay. somebody. No. Okay. So uh, for those listening to the audio, check out uh, the whole site that we've put in the YouTube description. You'll be able to click on there and check out his heart reel. He's got this video. He's dancing on a rooftop with knives and guns. <laughs> the there dance of death.
1: <laughs> <laughs> still
0: I mean, when you're shooting at a time like this, the lot so dependent you've got you got yeah. quite a small time frame i'm sure to get all that stuff done
1: yeah yeah it it, it it's it's tight but at the same time this is good practice for the actual Vendetta. work experience because when we're on set we don't have agents yeah. oftentimes you get thrown in the deep end on the day yeah. and you have to you have to either change or come up with a fight and you don't have the luxury of rehearsing it for a day or two and then shooting. You have to sure. rehearse and shoot same
0: day or within what hours. It. So a lot of those fight scenes, do they leave it up to you guys to make up as a stunt performer? Or do they really have the guys in and they say to you, listen, uh, this is all you want, spinning back fist kick to knife throw. Um, so, very rarely do they do that.
1: You mean like... The director saying this is what he wants. Yeah, this is exactly okay. so, so. How kick it works is there's if there's going to be a fight scene, majority of the times there is there's a fight choreographer who's part of the stunt team who's employed by the uh, stunt coordinator, and yeah. the fight choreographer it's his job to build the fights. So he has to look at the script and look at the story and the characters, and then he has to build the fight. And then that must be quite fun. It's it's an amazing process. Have you it's, it's
0: great. have you been in that? Kind uh, of position I have. For? I've had
1: the opportunity to do some uh, fight and action design stuff um, okay. on various little projects, um, and it's a uh, it can be a collaborative experience if you're that kind of fight choreographer and you have really good guys to work with. Because obviously, in order to choreograph a fight, you need bodies, you need people that you can work with. And it's, it's hard to just imagine it and then try to explain it to somebody, and they have to. Physically do it. Um, so the the building process is fun, and um, and oftentimes it's it's collaborative, and you play on the strengths of your performers as well. If somebody's a really good kicker, then you give him some good kicks. If somebody's a really good grappler, then sweet, build in some jits. If yeah. it serves the story, that always is the most important thing. The fight has to serve the story, has to f- serve the characters, out, otherwise it's just going to look outlandish or out of place. Yeah. So within the confines of, of the story and the script, fight choreographer then builds this fight, and um, then you shoot a pre which is um, basically, as the name suggests, a pre-visualization of what it's going to look like oh, with, yes. with proper angles and coverage, because a lot of times... Um, The director might not know how to make the fight look the best, but the fight choreographer or the fight arranger or whatever, fight coordinator, has a lot of experience with how to sell certain things, how to make it look good, what kind of angles work for, what kind of action we're dealing with. Yes. So then you offer up the previews and the... the higher-ups give you feedback and they say, oh, we like this, but maybe add this move there, or, or we'd like them to crash through a wall or whatever, and then you build those things in. But generally, there's you know, the fight choreographer will be responsible for um, putting the fight on its feet, putting it together, and then on the day, making sure, standing behind the monitors and making sure that the hits sell, um, that there's energy from the performers so that it looks like a fight. Yeah. Um, Sometimes. That must get that
0: must get tiring a lot of the times because I'm sure they say like like the stunt coordinator, fight planner has to approve it, then the higher up guys have to approve it, then it's yeah. communication back down. Okay, can we take it up again? Uh, please do that triple backs backwards somersaults uh-huh. into yes. building jump across over. Um, so during the previews, normally a lot of that gets ironed out. Okay, so they,
1: they look at that and then you might go in for for another day of, of previous filming where you, if you have the luxury of time, where you would then add in those notes and film it again and send it to them again and then they'll yeah. send their feedback through. Um, but when you're on set on the day and you're shooting, uh, firstly, it's expected that you're going to be able to do it again and again and again and again, and especially the, the gag moves or the big moves, you, as a stunt performer- They're called a, gag moves? It's called a gag. Okay. A, stunt is a, a gag is another word for a stunt okay cool. um, so in in a in a fight a gag would be if you get like um, you know your feet swept from out, out from under you and you flap that <laughs> on the ground that's a okay. gag it's because it's it's hard it's, yes it's not really a a, a soft thing what an so. interesting
0: way to quote that it's like yeah Mark got gagged yesterday <laughs> <laughs> well we know we wouldn't quite use that it like guy. that <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, you would say Mark did a gag uh, <laughs> um, I don't know about anybody really getting gagged uh, hey, as
0: opposed to a doing a gag industry, yeah, <laughs> 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 it th- yeah there are those movies
1: though. they're out
0: there they're out there the gag the gag movies I don't the
1: gag
2: movies um, but, oh, but uh, you, you know, you've
1: got to be able to repeat stuff. You can't be um, a one and done because what if they didn't get the shot? What if the camera's in the wrong place? What if you were off your mark? Yes. So you have to be prepared to do that 10, 20 times if necessary. Um, we got a lot of really cool um, moments of, of really dialing in um, gags and fights and things um, last year on Warrior. Um, speaking about the Bruce Lee stuff earlier last year they shot a series here called Warrior which is based on the writings and life of Bruce Lee and um, his daughter was actually executive producing and I got to meet Bruce Lee's daughter and it was like a like a mind-blowing incredible day for me like a bucket list kind of thing Um, and she's incredibly nice um, and came and said hi to all the stunt guys um, and uh, took photos with us and super encouraging person um
0: can you see bruce lee in, in her, her in
1: yes yeah it? you can you can um yeah there it is warrior um so the, actually the guys that worked on warrior um the actors the leads they're on um mortal combat shooting in australia at the moment No, way. yes well, yeah one of the guys is sub-zero um i'm not sure what the other one is but Um, yeah incredible high level martial artists great actors amazing people to work with Um, but uh, yeah the fights the fights had to be next level it's a Bruce Lee thing and they they definitely were on the first season we're all waiting for the second season to come out now should be releasing this year sometime
0: it's gonna be a silly question but did they have to kind of make you look Asian
1: no no I didn't uh, play an Asian character uh, because it's it takes place in San Francisco. Okay. Um, That's so cool. there are uh, Irish characters, there are American characters, and then there's a lot of Chinese. Sure. Um, so no, they didn't have to, that would be very politically incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> it would not go down well. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, there were plenty of opportunities for us to, to be thugs and bad guys. All right, so
0: you're one of the bad guys. I am. Okay. Uh, Michael
1: Bisping was actually on the second season. Was yeah. he on? He was here for Warrior, yeah. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Uh, I saw, I remember seeing that. Did you meet him? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What's guy, he man. like? As nice He's a cool guy. Him. He
1: he almost had like a an unfortunate mugging experience here. It was all over his his um, Instagram, so I know I can talk about it. But a bunch of guys approached him and they asked him yeah. for his wallet. And they had no idea who he was. No, 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 no. No. And uh and uh they, they he thought they were joking, joking, because they they just said, "Hey, give us your wallet." And he was like, "Are oh, you guys?" And then they were like, getting serious and getting pushy, and um, and he just and like, "No!" Pushed one of the guys away and just walked away, or ran away. I can't remember. Okay, Stories on his Instagram somewhere um, down down away. How long ago like, was this? Uh this was last year, February. Oh, there's, there's a ah there he is with one of our friends from
0: Kazakhstan. You might be um, in the background on all those photos.
1: I don't know.
0: So is he one of the bad guys with you? Uh, yeah, he was a
1: bad guy. Sure. Um, oh, so go, a little, that... go a little further down. Um, I'm sure his he's mugging story is going to be a little, little
0: further down on there somewhere. Uh, for those that don't know Michael Biswing, he was a UFC middleweight, middleweight champion. I'm not sure he seemed uh, like a couple years back and he actually retired due to eye injuries. Um, yeah, anyway, blonde.
1: Yeah. There's a lot
0: of stuff there. there. Go, up, go, go up one more. i there. I wonder
1: if I'm possibly not in that one. No, no, oh, yeah, not yeah, in that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, we weren't really we're not supposed to release these photos because the series hasn't aired yet. So I've I'm sitting on stacks of awesome footage from behind the scenes, but technically we can't release these things until uh, the show actually airs. And it can't be further back
0: than that, can it? Uh, yeah, he
1: was—he was here for some time.
0: That was a like Thursday. Then <laughs> was it
1: on his story there or is- uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was on the feed, but I'm not sure what the photo was. I'm Sure, it was just like a photo of him with okay. his fist up, like Argh. these guys tried to. <laughs> these guys tried to rob me, and I was like, hell no
0: anyway i don't know if we're gonna find Come it on. i don't
1: think it's that far back i think we might I would have, have liked to have seen him.
0: i would like to have heard a story of him beating no, up his own of.
1: yeah no those? i don't see it no, That's unfortunate but uh, is he playing like uh, a, uh, interesting. an actual character in the movie yeah he plays a character plays a
0: plays a fighter Um,
1: that uh, I I, I can't say too much because
0: it hasn't aired yet but um, yeah what happens happens to you if you spill the beans on stuff accidentally well they can take legal action
1: because the contracts that I sign yeah um, like non-disclosure type of contracts um, so they can take legal action for damages the first thing but What's worse than that is uh having a bad reputation in the industry, or reputation as being untrustworthy and not being able to uh yeah. you know stick to some pretty basic guidelines. It's a it's a very well known and understood rule that um you don't post anything and it was a lot more hectic in the past. Now there are some productions. Um, that actually encourage posting uh, certain photos behind-the-scenes stuff as long yeah. as it doesn't give away major plot points or um, you know big like set pieces mm-hmm. and things. You can generally post some stuff if production gives you permission. Yes. Um, but that's a pretty recent thing. In the past, it was just like nothing. Mm-hmm. Until it airs, you're not allowed to post anything. And if you have a photo... With, uh, with like an A-list or with a star, you have to run it by their management before you're allowed to post it on your social media.
0: Kidding me. Yeah,
1: if it's like a professional photo. Yes. I think if it's just a cell phone, like selfie, that's another story. But um, they generally have behind-the-scenes photographers that take amazing photos. Yeah, And um, in order to use those, you have to not only get permission from the photographer, the set photographer, but also run it all the way up the production flagpole right to the management and sometimes they'll even ask the star first, hey, is this okay? Because they have an image Have you to had pretend. to do that? Did you want to post um, some stuff? I did, I did. I had to do that uh, on 24 Hours to Live when I doubled Ethan Hawke. They had a really awesome photo of us um, that the BTS um, camera yes. uh, girl got and I had to, took a couple of weeks um, and I had to know jump through the hoops but then they they gave the green light to go ahead and it's a it's a pretty cool photo we're both like is it on, uh, is it on your instagram it is on my instagram yeah um it's, yeah. it is i think it should be at the at the very bottom mm, or maybe on the on like one of the go to the about section yeah mm, all the way at the bottom yeah there it is um yeah, I guess they obviously want to make sure that they're. Away from that. Yeah, it should be. It's quite far down. Um, both of
0: us are just are covered in blood. Have you seen, talking about that? Have you seen that video that came out when the Avengers are at Tony Stark's funeral at the end of Endgame, and they all had they all had the on them recording, and they posted it afterwards, but. It was, it's a flippin' funny video. Yeah, no, I actually I mean, like, you get, that. like, I just said like, this A-list, but they're, like, freaking out. Like, Shh, put it away, put it away. <laughs> Very uh, funny. There. Yeah, there we go. We use Stunt Double. Yeah. Come on. He's cool. What's that movie with him and Denzel Washington? Training Day.
1: Oh, yeah, Training yeah. Day. That was actually, uh, Grand Powell, the, the fight choreographer, he was the fight choreographer on this. It was his, uh, one of his favorite movies. I think well, uh, there's if you scroll up a little bit, I think there's a cool behind-the-scenes video clip um, that I put together. I just edited the stuff on my own. Uh, no, it's not that one. That's just some knife-fighting stuff.
0: Just this. Just, yeah. just some knife-fighting yeah. stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, uh, the one on the left looks interesting? Uh, that is also from 24 Hours to Live. Okay. I think that's what Grant Powell posted, though. Uh, that was Maze Runner. Oh, so, like, what I like, yeah. right? so what did you have to do with me um i doubled for for barry pepper for that guy
0: can you go back there mark i just want to see how they dress him up like a God, on that's so funny uh, you, i think you them, can scroll you one more on and there should be another
1: oh yeah i, I wore the, the most uncomfortable wig in existence um, Yeah, you look
0: gangster
1: that was fun man we were out in the um, in the Eastern Cape, uh, running around on top of trains and jumping off cars and stuff and doing a bunch of badass things in the desert. It was, it was pretty rad. I really enjoyed it.
0: And generally speaking, uh, are most of these like, A-listers on sets, are they all different? or cause like, All they, of them are different, yeah. So I hear like, some guys are like, oh no, like they work on the green screen stuff and they're like, guys are like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> but but it, I mean in my opinion I see them that middle one oh, so, ah. yeah I see them being like in a state of focus a lot of the time because they
1: are oh, you should You should be able to read a room and you this should be uh, what what no to there we go yeah you should be able to read a room and know whether or not a guy's in a headspace to to talk but generally if you're a stunt double you talk when the actor talks to you. Okay. You don't like engage him in conversation specifically bef- because of that reason. He might be in process. He might be his head focused on the scene that he needs to do. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, it's a professional environment. So you need mm. to act like a professional. You're not his best buddy. You're his stunt double. Yeah. You're there to make him look good and give him assistance where he needs it. And other than
0: that, it's not getting his way. And the you learn that kind of stuff the hardware? Um, When did you even get into this industry? I got into
1: stunts um, around 2010. Technically, my first stunt job, which was actually a parkour job, was in 2009, when I did a commercial for Coca-Cola, and they were looking for parkour guys. And there were only like a handful of us in Joburg at that time. Yeah. And um,
0: Do you shop parkour when you jump?
1: no uh, okay <laughs> no just the, <laughs> just the same way when you're shooting a movie and you've got a gun in your hands you don't go bang 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 bang,
0: bang, bang. <laughs> because it looks really dumb um have you seen that scene from the office, oh, the office. Uh, one of my
1: absolute favorites uh, people
0: send it to me all the time I just, yeah. okay
1: uh, and I, I never get all uh, ne- i never get tired yeah getting it
0: it never gets old i love it yeah that's good um yeah, so first in Coca-Cola. Yeah,
1: 2009 and then 2010, um, I moved to New York. and um, Is that where you started getting the
0: accent? That was going yeah, the of the
1: Yeah. it's hard to shake, man. Especially right now, I'm working with an American and um, I, I was at a meeting this afternoon with another American and when you speak to somebody, it just kind of slides back in and then yes. takes a while to come back. Normally, if I speak Afrikaans for a while, it neutralizes the accent yeah. a bit.
0: No, you completely American. Your <laughs> R's have become A's. Uh, is that the worst thing yeah. in the world? And you stick that R later.
1: Oh, man. I, uh, at some point, I think I'll I'll, I'll be able to jump fluidly yeah. between the two. But I also but, think
0: it's kind of good for your career. And not just because I see a bit of acting as well.
1: Yeah, that's actually my first love. I studied acting before I got into stunts. So to circle back to that story, in 2010, when I moved to New York, I moved there to study acting and I trained at a conservatory. But at the same time, while I was studying, I was also training parkour on my own and connected with a parkour group there. And then via...
0: You must have loved doing that in New York. Oh, man, it was
1: amazing. There were so many places to do parkour. (sighs) cops were are a little bit much um, because they don't understand what Yeah, it is. Yeah. But just, also it wasn't like, as, as popular as it is now. So yeah. they just saw like kids jumping off stuff and running away and then cops didn't quite know. Yeah, how it's how like, I don't know. know I didn't also, read this in the manual. Uh, it might be controversial, but uh, a lot of cops in America can just be like assholes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're just like hassling people. It's so unnecessary um there are definitely good ones yeah um like
0: they were that class monitor sometimes. that yeah. wouldn't let anything go like yeah. you no know, like the teacher would have that class monitor that so when the teacher leaves she'd say like just make sure no one talks and that class monitor made sure no one talk. yeah and they were
1: on a power trip too
0: yes that's like, the thing I'm
1: the most important in class
0: and then they, were, then they went to police mm-hmm. college <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a seamless transition. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, obviously not bashing uh, calls, but I understand what you're saying. No, it's no. A, same,
1: I'm not trying to, but I did have some unfortunate experiences where all we're trying to do is is train we're training our bodies outside. Um, we're not doing drugs, we're not doing crime, we're not hurting anybody. We're yeah. literally just training a beautiful discipline, and art form, a sport. Um, everyone else is allowed to train outside, so why hassle us just because you don't understand it? Rather engage. Ask questions, open up a dialogue.
0: Yeah, join a class. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: especially cops. Yeah, if They chase bad guys for a living. Yeah. At least you could, you know, maybe up your game a little bit, drop the donuts, do Yeah, parkour. Yeah, you do know?
0: some front flips over cars now and then.
1: Yeah. Um, That's how you get a promotion. So that definitely, uh, definitely, New York offered a lot of awesome opportunities for parkour.
0: What areas would trigger cops most? Um, I'm sure also like... The, Not so much... that guy that jumped between tall buildings?
1: Yes. Yes. And sometimes we did it at night, which was awesome. There was was a group of us. And that's
0: very ninja looking. Did you wear all black? No. Uh, Not intentionally. You don't really want to look like Uh. a criminal when you're doing parkour (laughs) at
1: night. You don't want to get shot accidentally, which is a high-risk thing in South Africa. Yes. Um, Not so much in the States. I think it's a little bit better. But then again, who knows? Um, but
0: surely, like if you did that, like, if you're doing so much of that, you must have had some close calls.
1: You know me getting shot.
0: No, the the, the the jumping on the oh, between the oh, twi- yeah, things, things is,
1: breaking like, under you and falling and like miraculously not dying. But that that's the part of parkour that people don't always really understand is that um, as much as it is about uh, navigating obstacles and jumping and flipping and. You know doing all kinds of ninja things it's also about how not to get hurt and how to fall correctly which is one of the great reasons why it segues so beautifully into stunts because it's it's a discipline where you learn how to mitigate risk if something goes wrong which is what stunts is okay so you it's it's you know it's related it's related to stunts
0: it is stunts (laughs) Okay, uh, so when you moved to New York, when you weren't studying actors' playbooks and jumping between the Alpha Tower and, no, well, not the Alpha Tower. The Brooklyn Bridge? No, that's a, Empire State Building. Uh, okay. Yeah, did you just sing the song Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was listening yeah. to that song uh, on repeat on my flight over there. I was so Really? So you just you put your head out of taxi and play the chorus? While you go through Times Square. No, that would have been nice though. Yeah. No, I,
1: didn't. I did a lot of walking around there, explored by foot more than by taxi, because contrary to popular belief, a lot of it would just be sitting in traffic. No, I couldn't believe I that. Is,
0: it's horrible there. Yeah, so sorry, I was just saying. So, not yeah. when you went parkouring oh, so, and.
1: Yeah, uh, so through the parkour stuff, I actually got um, connected with um, the World Parkour and Freerunning Federation, and they saw some of my stuff online. I made like a little impromptu reel for a a long time. I've been editing little bits of footage um, from like a pocket camera on on Windows Movie Maker. Eventually, Mm. now I edit on on Final Cut Um, and stuff looks a lot better than it did back then. But I put my little reel and stuff together because I've always wanted to be an action actor. I've always wanted to be that guy that can act but do my own action scenes within reason yeah um so i'm really close to sorry so i connected the i collected the footage and um you know would tie it in with my acting stuff to okay to you know get myself in line for some action roles um and the wfpf uh they actually picked me up for their uh art of motion which is like a, it's a parkour like world championships it's called the art of motion kidding where would that and, take uh, place? Like in a closed off area? It, and It this? takes place all around the world, but that specific one was in Boston and they did like a like this main town square kind of thing in Boston that they had closed off and okay. put a bunch of obstacles and stuff Could, in there. Do you mind checking that out for me, Marky? You have yeah. a chance. Um, AOM um, Boston 2011, maybe? There you go. Yeah, that would gives it, you a really good idea of what the setup was.
0: So guys must get super injured there eh? sometimes well i broke my leg here in okay. this competition do we see it
1: i don't know actually, i actually haven't seen this video before
0: where um where are most of these guys from that do parkour
1: uh they're from all over the world crazy um, yeah a lot of guys from america a lot of guys from like uh, south america um Everywhere, really. France, that guy's from France, the guy who trains with the tail on. With the tail? Yeah, so he's, got like a, he's got like a tail attached to his... Uh, Johan
0: Leroux is his name. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure one thing about parkour that I must teach you on... on even just like a personal level is... like if you do something, you have to do it at a, to 100%. Yeah, it's commit. If yeah. you
1: don't commit here, that's when you get hurt. Um, and it's very much the same with stunts. Once you lock into sequence or or the gag that you're going to perform you can't x out of it at some point you have to commit all the way through otherwise you're definitely going to get injured and because sometimes it involves fire sometimes it involves wire work or explosions or vehicles and everything is dependent on timing okay it's such you know careful split second timing that if you hesitate you could die It's not an exaggeration. Yeah, it's not. You could die. Um, So whether it's a small thing or a big thing, you have to be in a mindset where it's a hundred percent commit.
0: Yeah. Or nothing. Yeah. hundred percent
1: go or nothing
0: at all. So then while you're at, when you're studying in New York and you actually started getting into the stunt side of things, did you decide actively that, Hey, I'm actually going to pursue the stunt, stunts more? I mean, because um, that kind of just makes sense for someone like you. Yeah, well, stunts didn't actually happen for me
1: then in New York. Um, so, via the out of motion thing, um, towards the end of the competition, which is when I broke my leg, I slipped on the roof of a, a car that was wet with rain because on the final competition morning, it rained. And then they stopped the comp and they dried all the obstacles. Except and then the car? It, it went again. And well, the car was dry except for. So where we landed on the roof, they had put a couple of strips of grip tape. Yeah. Um, so it's coming over a balcony, railing and down onto the roof of the car. It's quite a significant drop. And um, there were strips of grip tape. But in between the grip tape, they didn't dry it off, so it was wet. Uh, okay. All around, they dried off. Um, and one foot landed on the grip tape. One foot landed on the wet roof of the car. And that wet foot just slipped underneath the other foot and I like literally sat on it and snapped the fibula and dislocated fibula. the Fibula, jeez. Yeah, the, the bone yeah. here broke and then the ankle, <laughs> that was a lot worse. Completely dislocated. And then uh, as soon as that happened, I just, I called it I knew. I swung my foot out from under my leg and my ankle was all the way there. And it just oh, thank you. Like I felt so wrong when I looked at it and um, I don't know why I did that, but I... I, I grabbed my foot and I just twisted it back so that it faced the right way. Was um, that the right thing to do? It was the right thing to do. Okay. Whether or not I did it the right way, <coughs> by accident or by intuition, I don't know. But um, they told me at the hospital that if I hadn't done that, um, set kind the foot again, it would have um, it would have been much worse because once the swelling sets in, you can't you can't just do that. Okay,
0: cool. So just. Just so uh, in case my foot decides to face the wrong direction. I'll do pop it, it back in yeah, okay.
1: Um, it's also happened with uh, with a dislocated finger I was training on gymnastics bars and I hit a finger wrong mm. and it just it just popped out and it was just weird, and I just popped it back in and it was fine, but having done this and knowing that it was the right thing to do. I still don't know whether or not I can recommend that to anybody. I'm not a medical professional. All I know is yeah, that it, it worked you. for me. Yes. It, it saved me some some rehab time and, and made the process a little easier. Um, but anyway, it was like a defining moment for me in terms of, am I going to let this sideline me from a career in in, in movement and, and stunts? And, and yeah, just doing fun things. Or am I going to... Am I just going to come back from it stronger and not let it stop me from doing what I want to do? Um, so I made that decision. And then as soon as I was released from hospital, I just set on set out on a hardcore six-month rehab journey. Okay, Got everything back up to scratch. And then after that rehab journey, I moved to California. So after that six months. So I came back to South Africa after the comp. I was in New York for about another... Two weeks after that, um, on crutches, falling down subway stairs and shit It was horrible. It was so bad. <laughs> I, was, I did not enjoy it. I'm like, why am I here? Let me just go back to South Africa where there's sunshine and there's a bunch of really good people that I can work with. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can, you know, be at home and be with the family. And yeah, and I yeah break your
0: foot in New York. That's a that's a massive problem.
1: That's not great. There's everything is commuting everywhere. Yes. And everything is buildings with lots of stairs and uh yeah. down in yeah. the subways and ah, it, was, it was very difficult um but luckily i made some really awesome um, connections and forged some great relationships at uh, the art of motion and the wfpf guys uh, offered me a management contract and they had a project going on in la that they um, wanted me to come out for
0: what is what does that involve
1: uh, just film, film stuff there. Oh, so like,
0: so like movies would approach the, this, yeah, yeah. The, they, these they, guys.
1: They would like supply ninjas, performers ninjas yeah. essentially, yeah, for um, TV shows okay. and okay. movies and things like
0: that. Okay. Important um, question here. Yeah. What are real ninjas? You've definitely looked into this because you've taken a lot of those boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, is it actually a culture? Um, of guys,
1: it's I don't know if it's a culture. It's a, um, it's like a chosen discipline on. or a lifestyle, <laughs> um, but it comes from it's people who practice the art of ninjutsu. Okay, is, is a ninja. Okay, so it's 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 a ninjutsu practitioner.
0: And See did you I'm ever? Writing? Yes, Japanese art of ninjutsu. Computer I ninja. Know, no, 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 that that. doesn't. That sounds like a wiki. <laughs>
1: member of a feudal Japanese society of mercenary agents, highly trained in martial arts and stealth, ninjutsu. There we go. So have you ever done that stuff? Um, I haven't done ninjutsu, okay. personally, no. Um, I've definitely chatted to people who do um, take part in the ninjutsu arts, I guess. Call yeah. that. But um, me personally, no.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I keep cutting you off. So you say oh, you, cool. you get put in the, like you move to LA, join these guys um, yeah. and start doing... Um,
1: I actually... They had, they had, I guess,
0: petitioned,
1: petitioned for my visa mm-hmm. my, so that I could work there um, and then they were acting as my managers but everything else kind of I was on my own to yeah. explore opportunities and uh, before I moved over to LA, um, one of the guys that I met on the competition, his name is uh, Corey Myers, who's also uh, won Art of Motion a bunch of times, one of the best freerunners in the world. Yeah. now he's a uh, very highly recognized um m-e-y-e yeah the myers um now there is some parkour stuff right now he's a stunt man um and moving towards stunt coordinator he just did a really gnarly stunting once upon a time in hollywood uh, okay yeah um what part uh that it's a old western clip where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character shoots a bad guy off a roof and he falls like onto the ground. In that beginning
0: scene when it's all the black and white and you yeah, see Leonardo. Yeah, yeah.
1: and it's, he's the guy that hits the ground. Um, see if you can find it, actually. It's such a rad yeah. clip. Um, the clip is on his
0: Instagram. I know okay. that for sure. It's so funny that you say it's that. I remember hardcore. watching it and I remember thinking about how crazy those stunts were. Like when the one guy gets shot and then he falls, like he dies on the horse and falls off the horse a bit further on and just gets, bounces off the ground. And, and there it
1: is on the right, yep. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, no. Yeah. What's there? It's, a, it's a, a thin mat hidden underneath the breakaway boards. But that is a legit stunt. That
0: is did he die? Did he he break (laughs) vertebrae? Like I'm good. I'm good. Okay, let's try another one. But just (laughs) 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 that.
1: that, Guys, is a that is a high fall. A proper like not onto a box catcher or or a big pile of mats. That's a real stuff. But then, did the CG his no, clothes there's, on? It was, it was a practice thing. CG like, clothes on. It, like, Dude. A, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, that's... It doesn't look like... No, no, no. That's, those are rehearsals. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Those are all like rehearsals. That's, that's <laughs> how many times did he do this in a day? Uh, I don't know how many he actually had to do on the day. He obviously had to do the rehearsals and then on yeah. the day... Look, if, if, if it's good, if all the elements are in place, camera was at the right place, the actor got his cue... Um, and the stunt went well, then you just have to do it once, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) That's so gnarly.
0: Uh, Making chiropractors rich. I was like, I just imagine like the, the meeting before and like all the stuntmen are standing there and the woman's like, okay, I need you to move across to inside the saloon, you to next to the horse, you on top of the building. (laughs) It's like, well, that can't be going well. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's, um, that's awesome. So, Corey was the guy that got me into um, Tempest. So, Tempest was where Stunt started for me. Tempest is a free-running academy. Okay. Um, they actually started out as Team Tempest, which is a bunch of pro free-runners turned stuntmen. And they've doubled, like the, the guys who founded Tempest have doubled in some of the biggest movies in Hollywood. They've Crazy. They've Superman and Spider-Man. And, yeah, um, Once Upon
0: a Time in Hollywood.
1: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, they, they, they are legit OG Crazy. St- stunt guys. And um, they started this uh, free-running academy with the aim of spreading parkour and free-running to the masses. And um, I was super fortunate to be one of the first coaches along with Corey um, and that guy there in the America shirt, Jesse LaFleur. He's also yeah. like a worldwide global icon of, of parkour and free-running. Um, and I got, to, I got to coach at the academy with these guys and Sometimes we would get called by the, um, the, the higher-ups, I guess, or the, the founders, founding members, to yeah. be part of their short films and their personal projects, um, which involved stunts. So that's how I got my start in stunts. Um, there's, there's a long-standing tradition in stunts that you pay your dues before you get your opportunities to, to do gags and things, before you get given the responsibility of, of doing a stunt you pay your dues, which means that you're there doing um, shit work, you're cleaning mats, you're building um, box catchers, you're tidying up equipment, okay. but all the while you're watching and you're learning. Um, I see. And, and when they think that you're ready, when they deem you ready, they'll give you an opportunity to do something. Um, and normally you'll start out on um, on small projects, uh, like. Um, passion projects or student films short films um, and eventually as you prove yourself and your your experience and your skill set grows that gives them the peace of mind to then entrust you with greater responsibility Um, so for me it was about a year and a half that um, that I did this kind of um, paying the dues and a year and a half year and a half yeah
0: um, you said half this time. I, I like did because uh, you said it, <laughs> and then I piggybacked off that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so paid my dues and uh, and just fell in love with it. Um, it's it's hard to explain, man, unless you actually are in that situation because um, you you get to test your metal. You get to see what you're made of. Yeah, um, because you're facing your fears. You're doing things that you're. Uh, that your mind is screaming at you, don't do it! Yeah. And your instincts are kicking hard. and like, no! Yeah, there's a lot of... <laughs>
0: there's a lot of his mind saying that don't fall off yeah, that ball. Yeah, so it's
1: an extremely mental game as well. It's a mind over matter kind of thing. Um, but once you do it, and once you conquer that fear, it's, it's such a rush, it's such a hard. Yeah. Does, um, does the
0: film production, cover your medical expenses if you get injured?
1: If you get injured, yes, you're always on production ex- uh, okay. insurance. If you're not, if there's no production insurance, then there's something wrong. Then you okay. should definitely shouldn't do yes. it because um, it's, a, it's a staple. It needs to be in place. Um, s- funny enough, one of the big challenges that we have in South Africa is getting insurance outside of production um, for, for stunt guys. Um, we had a pretty good policy with Momentum But the guys just backtracked on what they told us they were going to allow. And they just, I guess they weren't making enough money off of it or it wasn't worth their while. So they canceled our policy really recently um, in a pretty shitty move because they promised us that that they would never do that. That that this would remain for the performers um, and it wouldn't change and whatever. And then they, they did. So, okay. so, so, I don't mind saying that um, momentum, momentum, momentum goes back on their word <laughs> um, okay. for anybody listening. <laughs> uh, but it's, 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 it's,
0: it's a child with
1: discovery, so I don't care.
0: <laughs> I wanted to ask you uh, what, what was the craziest stunt you've had to do or the crazy, like the naughtiest uh, injury you've got on set?
1: Man, I've been so fortunate that I haven't had any really. Crazy gnarly injuries, like major setback type of stuff. I've, you know, I've I've broken a finger here and bruised some ribs there, and very nearly um, broke my skull open getting um, pulled over a jeep by some wires. Um, As you do, as one does Mm -hmm. Uh, when you want to get a better look at the car from the other side, (laughs) but you don't feel like walking around. (laughs) So much hassle, you just get yanked. Yeah, Um, but I've been actually. Incredibly blessed and fortunate to have not had any serious, crazy
0: injuries. And have you been allocated a stunt before when you like, shit? I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> Everybody has
1: that moment in their career, I'm sure. Yeah, your friend did a, on that roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's a defining moment because you uh, you either overcome that fear or um, or you just step back and you go, I'm not ready for this. Um, Whether it be physically or mentally, that's another very important part of a stuntman's job is that you have to be able to make that distinction and not be driven by external forces like, oh, what are my peers going to say? What's the coordinator going to say? Is he going to want to hire me again? Because it's bigger than what I am as a performer. At the end of the day, if I sign up to do something and they'll always ask, are you comfortable doing this? and then it's your point or your place to say yes i am or no i'm not and you shouldn't bullshit because if you hurt yourself or you screw up something on the production um that has a much wider um effect than just on you yourself it yeah. Costs their money it makes the stunt coordinator look bad it makes you look incompetent um so part of it is knowing what you're capable of and knowing your limits and knowing when to back off and say, hey, I'm a pro in this and this and this, but I'm not a professional in this or my level is not high yes. enough to give you what you want here safely numerous times. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't have ego. Um, yeah. And, and it's funny because it, it would seem like stunts is something synonymous with, with ego because um, it's, a, it's a macho thing and this and that. Yeah. Couldn't be the furthest from the truth. You really do need to know when to say, uh, pass, or yeah. this guy's the best guy for the job. He's the high fall guy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know? We'd like to
0: be the high fall guy. <laughs> uh, and for uh, Maze Runner with the trains, what did that involve? Because that um, sounds quite quite gnarly. Yeah, that was,
1: that was, that was a lot of fun, man. Um, so the sequence starts um, with me in a jeep um with uh dylan the um, the lead and we're uh, on the train tracks behind the train uh, who's dylan um is he an actor or a stuntman yeah he's the he's the lead he's the lead actor on the um on Maze Runner. On Maze Runner movies, oh, yeah brown hair yeah okay yeah what's um, he like he's rad he's mm. a very cool guy to
0: work With to okay
1: he's Oh yeah, um, there is. It's on, on the highlight reel thing. Of the jump.
0: Is it on your Instagram?
1: Um, it's on my reel, and it's on the Instagram somewhere as well. I'm not sure where. Okay. Um, but that's. Uh, I can't
0: remember that beginning scene where the, the train's going, and then these cars start coming in different yeah. directions. Yeah,
1: and then okay. the, the car that's on the train tracks behind, where the tires pop, and mm. then um, Barry Pepper's character is on the on the hood, and he falls close to the wheel, and then has to jump off right before the. Okay. The um, the buggy or whatever it is. Now, are you? Is there, the, there we go. Is the
0: car actually kicking down, or is it special effects at that point when you're falling off the side of the car?
1: Um, it's, uh, it's it's a controlled rig. Yeah. At that stage, that's that's moving, so that's that's CGI elements.
0: Here you go. Yeah. Um, you found us on his Instagram. Is that you running up the thing?
1: Yeah, that was me running up there. I think
0: it was high. It
1: was really high and it was being like lifted by a crane. So that whole sequence then goes from, um, I think we already passed the car part. Um, that whole sequence starts with, um, yeah, with the jump from the Jeep to the back of the train and then running across the top of the train and, ah, there there it is. Yeah.
0: So is that you that jumped? Yeah.
1: So that was- How fast
0: was that thing going or was it actually moving?
1: Uh, no, it wasn't actually moving at that stage. It's crazy how it was, they can make green, it look like green, that. Green screen. And was there a green massive green,
0: green screen, screen behind that train?
1: Um, it was, they shot plates, so we shoot okay. a plate of it. Um, but the, on the ground, there was a, a sh- uh, like a rubber type thing that they were pulling. Yeah. So that when I landed, there was this um, this effect of the ground moving and like pulling my body around. So it looks like I'm actually hanging behind a moving, Kidding. a moving train. Um, but when we were running on top of the train and yeah, jumping so down the carts and it? stuff, then it was more uh, clicking. Click on that? Oh, yeah, is that there? That was, that was on top of the train, yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, is that, was, that the Dylan stunt double?
1: Um, yes, that was oh, one yeah. of his stunt doubles. Um, and then Brett Sheeran, is, he was the uh, assistant coordinator, stunt coordinator. Okay. LA-based guy, really rad guy. Um, yeah, yeah, so we spent our days in the desert, yeah. man, just on top of trains. Yeah, then we were rigged up to
0: harnesses and wires. Question, how do movies take away the string that, like, holds the guys?
1: Oh, that's, that's pretty simple, um, just painting it out in After Effects. That, is, that blows my mind, that thing. Yeah, it's just some, some relatively quick editing. We just did that now in one of our own short film productions where we did a bit of wire stunts and Okay. our editor is busy pulling out the wires and stuff now. Um, so it's a relatively simple thing. Um, to do but it is time consuming because you have to f- go through frame by frame Yes. so the, the longer the action is and the more the wires are involved the more time consuming it is to paint it out yeah.
0: afterwards and how often do these a-lister actors and actresses actually have their own stunt man so they're wow. like so like tom, i think tom hardy has got his own stunt man
1: yeah. that he uses um, all the time so so it depends. Um, some of the guys have have their own stunt guy that travels with them all around. Um,
0: yeah, like Bruce Willis's he, guy must get paid. <laughs> 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 um, what about
1: Good Mates? Now, um, is uh, Vin Diesel's stunt double, and he got. Oh, they a, shot like, here uh, recently. Yeah, yeah, we shot Blood uh, Bloodshot here last year. And um, then he went after that straight onto Fast 9 to go and double him there.
0: What's he like, Vin?
1: He's an interesting character.
0: Okay. I reserve it from a bunch of people. There's it? a, a, yeah. a yeah, interesting what interesting what person. What does colorful mean? He's not yeah, boring. He's not you? boring, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. he's, he's, not a, he's not a boring guy at all. Is, Obviously, his, is his voice really that deep? Uh, it's, it's deep but it's not like it's not like in these movie scenes deep okay you no know? the movie voice is an entirely different thing yes <laughs> it's like low register kind uh, of husky quarter mile at a time yeah <laughs> <laughs> the movie voice is very different um, but okay. no he's he's he's, um, he's uh, generally a pretty jovial guy because
0: um, my, my girlfriend actually worked on the set that they did there in Cork Bay I don't know if you know okay. they did a scene there she was one of the extras I'd drop her at like half past four in the morning in town fun times. <laughs> for a scene that they're supposed to shoot at one and Vin Diesel just didn't rock up that day I don't feel sick I don't, yeah. I don't want to trash talk Vin Diesel but everyone had everything ready Yeah. and uh... <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs>
1: technical, <laughs> technical difficulties. Oh, it's going so well. It's all in there. Just gonna oh, really warm up the area. Hey man, we're doing it together. It's quite to sometimes. Yeah. load shedding. Otherwise,
0: yes. it's easy. But oh. yeah, as I was saying, Vin just didn't show up. his yeah. And everything was really like you know like those massive cameras that are on those like crane things mm-hmm. moving up. Those and ones down. that
1: cost like twenty k an hour.
0: <laughs> what? What's um, South Africa's film industry doing, uh, doing at the moment? Because I don't know AFTA opened up um, a couple of years ago, the local acting academy, and just through. Come on! It's the force. And uh, just through a couple of my mates that have studied.
1: <laughs> Mark. Because it's super it's sensitive. sensitive. She's like a woman. Oh, there's a switch under there. Yeah. pushing yeah. down on the switch. She's
0: like, good. <laughs> ah, you're going to get some flap for that. <laughs> 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 Mark won't for it. Yeah. 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 Mark never... Mark always edits out all of his cheeky lines and he puts mm-hmm. in all the mine. That's because I don't have a mic, but yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Also, the guy who's doing the edit holds the power. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That Marvel works at like 3 in the morning and then he starts getting creative in the early hours of the morning. But uh, yeah, so going back to my question, I wanted to ask, um, how's the the local, our local film industry doing? Because a lot of the time we watch South African movies and it's like, the moment you hear South African accent, it's like, nah, no, not, not a fan. But I really um, enjoy Trackers. Okay. I haven't seen Trackers yet, so I, okay.
1: I can't comment on it. But um, I do know that the international outlook, or the international inlook, when they look at South Africa, they don't see us as really content creators. They see us as service providers. This is what I've heard firsthand wow. from internationals, producers, and so okay. on. Okay, so they what do you see mean by us service providers? service providers as in um, they bring the majority of the talent and um, and the the funding and the you know directors core core team. So they'll bring their production, HBO or um, Stars or whoever will bring their production here, and then um, the South Africans will facilitate. They will, or they'll, um, yeah, the South African production company will facilitate, so they'll bring all the local crew, all the extra substance. Is cameraman production or is cameraman? No, cameramen are, um, they're their crew, they're not production, but. Um, we have a lot of really good guys here. So South Africa is known, firstly, um, for the locations, Cape Town. Cape yeah. Town is rich and abundant in, in diverse locations. You can play a lot of um, surrounding areas for different countries. Yes. Um, and then there's a very well-established um, hub of film professionals and servicing companies. So gear. It's yeah. um, funny, catering. we actually got
0: a company like a couple of doors down. That uh, do a lot of the work for the extras and okay. casting and stuff. Uh, which company? I uh, don't know the name. I just spoke so to So I one of people there.
1: met with uh, a friend of mine today um, who's a cast
0: coordinator. Okay. Um,
1: cast and extras coordinator. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, he was just saying that they're getting somebody new in their offices. I don't know where their offices are, so I thought. Okay. Maybe, cool. Maybe here. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, more on the sides of, um, you, know, you know, extras and uh, stunt people and crew. Do they bring down their own gear? Like, No. We have, uh, I mean, Panavision is here
0: in uh
1: Milderton side. How much are those movie cameras costing? Uh, they're upwards of a million.
0: Upwards from a million?
1: Yeah. If you're talking about the high-end, high-end yes. with lenses and everything, with the kits and stuff. But they're... You, I don't think there's anything under a hundred K if you're talking about yeah. Ari, Ari, Alexa's and things like that which are Come major on. rigs. And then the, the glass alone is, you know, your lenses are like 50, 60 K upwards just for lenses. So it's extremely expensive. Um, and traveling with that stuff is not necessarily yeah. um, the best idea if you can get it locally yes so yeah like i was saying we have a really good infrastructure here for um servicing the the productions that come through yeah but not producing our own movies actors actresses yeah we are once in a while something something comes along that's that's you know can compete on an international level but but not often Well, I would, I would say...
0: Is District, is District 9...
1: District 9 is definitely a good example uh, of something that yeah. had international appeal and had good production value. Did it? was done well. I think so. I okay. think it was done well. Well, obviously, Neil Blomkamp brought a hell of a lot to the table with his VFX, VFX company. Okay. And it was a VFX-heavy movie. But it VFX was, being um, the visual the effects, the, the CGI thing. and okay. stuff, yes. So SFX, special effects, is practical stuff. It's explosions, okay. um, smoke, fire, et cetera, et cetera, rain, whatever. Yes. Um, VFX, visual effects, is CGI and painting stuff, creating
0: stuff, putting it in post. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, just thinking about special effects, I was thinking of uh, Hot Rod, you know. <laughs> Rico is the special effects guy. He pulls the ramps, the explosions and stuff. And I was just thinking back to Hot Rod. I mean, that guy's stunt, man. I mean, of for, for Rod. That's the better... They must have paid that guy so much money. Because you see that <laughs> open, Like, we... Uh, Mark, when you're done there. Can we look at the... Uh, I can actually do it for you if you're busy. No, uh, The Hot Rod st- first stunt. You'll remember this one when the, he tries to go... <laughs> up the ramp and the ramp caves in and he just flips over and Rico's like <laughs> yeah I probably should have enforced the ramp <laughs> sure. uh, here we go all right every
1: stunt band has seen this movie oh, for sure you
0: kind of sound it mm-hmm. Oh, he says go, have We're you really read sure this year.
1: Uh, that stash uh, listening, was uh, listening to the audio <laughs> listening to the audio you need to check
0: out uh, Hot Rod's opening the movie seeing me watching it on YouTube at the moment so there he goes going for it that is so sore bro. <laughs> it is so gnarly yes <laughs>
1: You know, if you took such a hard hit that you vomited, it was, it was pretty serious.
0: That was pretty serious. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's, that's so, so good. good.
1: Um, some of the guys that I know that are like, I'm a stuntman and I do nothing else and I want nothing else for my career stuntman. I think some of those guys kind of grew up like Hot Rod. Yes. They, they grew up just doing crazy things on bikes and skateboards and, and whatever and, I got a little taste of that, but um, I had I had a lot of other influences as well.
0: And also, is, yeah, you got to, yeah, growing up, you got that specialty of flipping in every possible direction, yeah. along with the parkour. Yeah,
1: but definitely, my friends and I built some crazy jumps and ate more than our fair share of shit <laughs> before before thinking of pads and stuff. Just you know, mountain bikes, build big jumps and see if we can land them. The, Crazy. My, my first couple of scars are from things like that and um, trying to uh, ride cardboard boxes down hills and things trolleys whatever <laughs> whatever seems like a bad idea we probably tried it yeah and you confirmed <laughs> so, that it was a bad idea just to be sure yeah. but then uh but then some of the guys that i know um, who were like hot rod and they just grew up and they don't want to do anything else. They just want to do cool stunts and do cool things. And Um, for you,
0: you're looking outward from there. So you're looking eventually doing like stunt coordinating, but Um, a bit more active. I don't know if I'm going to
1: coordinate. I I have a ton of respect for for coordinators, um, but you need to definitely be 100% sure that that's what you want to do. And I have coordinated some things um, and I did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, some commercials, um, some short films. Um, I've coordinated some days on feature films and on TV series. Sure. Yeah. Um, but those were not. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that those were um, like aha moments for me of like, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, it's definitely something I enjoyed, and and I am good at that aspect because the coordination aspect is more about. Um, assessing risk and mitigating risk um, it's looking at, at something and being able to see um, where certain things need attention or um, where certain things need to be changed in order for it to be the safest that it can be okay um, but also like to represent the character
0: correctly and all yeah but that's, that's that, that, that is
1: actually the stuntman's job the coordinator wow. doesn't perform the coordinator is not the performer You cannot be a stunt performer and a coordinator at the same time because the coordinator needs to give oversight um and you need to be out of that situation you can't be in the middle of it and trying to to see it clearly and manage all the risks yeah so um it's it's a different thing (laughs) Um, it's a it's an admin heavy job as well Mm. um, because you need to source all the right people for the job you need to complete a lot of paperwork and and be on top of the admin side of things
0: which is admin. not exactly your forte. No, it is. I'm great. You like paperwork.
1: I'm, I'm, I don't like it. No. But, but you I'm, can do it if I this am, be done. I am great at it. I am very good at admin. Uh, okay. But I don't enjoy it. And I want to do things that I really enjoy at, uh, enjoy doing. And uh, I have, I'm a performer at heart, whether it's stunts or acting. Um, and, and I'm more of a creative. So I like to write and I like to, um, to design. So I enjoy that the action design aspect, which is what coordinators do as well. Yeah. Um, so they'll take the action as it's written and they'll basically color it in and bring it to life. It's like a blueprint. The script is like your blueprint, but then the action that you're building is like the house. So you don't know what a house is going to look like just from looking at a blueprint. Yeah, the you get architect. a channel idea. It's the architect and the builder's job together is to... Okay. Well, the architect creates the blueprint and the builder builds the actual house.
0: Um, so then what do a lot of the stunt men end up doing as, an, as like that next career path after their bodies can't really take the, the hits anymore? Um, well, a lot of guys do transition to um,
1: coordinators or to fight choreographers, something like okay, that. Okay, cool. Um, For you? Also, guys do SFX and they, they move into like blowing things up. Yeah. Which is still which is fun. in the same vein. Um, or they become second unit directors. So then they direct the action, which is, I think that's kind of the, the pinnacle for uh, a stunt person who has bigger aspirations. Yeah, is, uh, The pinnacle would be second unit director or director. The second unit okay. directors are responsible for shooting the action. Second unit is generally like Well, okay, action. that makes sense. Um, oftentimes, a uh, main unit will shoot action as well, but second unit is usually you know, okay. dedicated to it. I got uh, um, Mark
0: breathing heavy there because uh, we, I think uh, the, we're on our last camera. That's about to kick wow. off.
1: Wow, it's nine o'clock already. Yeah, oh, moly, God man. Time having fun. This is so, so cool. We're
0: going to wrap it up, bro. I had such a good time with you. Uh, maybe even do this again sometime. Yeah. I really enjoyed listening uh, to it. I know you've got a lot more stories up your sleeve if you were wearing sleeves. Yeah, it's a bit hard. <laughs> And yeah, man, all the best uh, for your future ventures, and we'll definitely have you on again sometime. Awesome, I really like that.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, it's been great. Thank you very much for letting me share some crazy stories. Cool. And, Thanks for uh, sharing them. Yeah, man. I love being here with you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Like it. Cool. And that's a wrap. Oh. I love how you let me know. It's like. <laughs> 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 I had no house. I was, I was,